Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. We don't have too much of a difficulty with that, do we? It's the next line that causes us to stumble a little bit. And forgive us our debts. And that's, this is where it gets hard. As we forgive those who trespass against us. Forgive? Are you kidding Every single one of us in this room probably came up with somebody that we have a hard time with, that we have a hard time forgiving. There is probably somebody that just kind of makes our blood pressure just move up just a little bit more. And yet Jesus says, forgive as we are willing to forgive. And you think to yourself, Mark, you don't know what they did to me. Mark, you don't know what they said to me. You have no idea the hurt that they caused. And yet Jesus says, forgive. Because when we gather around this time where we remember what it is that Jesus did for us, we essentially are celebrating forgiveness. We are saying, Jesus, thank you for forgiving me. But then he adds, as you have been forgiven by me, I want you to forgive others. Don't hold what others have done against them because I don't hold what you have done against me. Refuse to let what others have done or said control you, sap you of your energy, or embitter you. Ajay Lal is the missionary over serving over in India that I got to visit over at Central India Christian Mission just a few weeks ago. And he tells a story of one of the pastors in that area who uh, went to a village to preach, and he and his wife went, and everything was going relatively well, well until three Hindu men jumped them all of a sudden and beat him to a pulp and then had him, forced him to watch as they repeatedly abused his wife. Both the pastor and his wife had to go to the hospital to have their uh, injuries taken care of. And as soon as they got better, the wife looked at, the, at, at her husband and said, we've got to go back. And they preached Jesus. They preached Jesus to the three that had abused him, had beaten them and abused them. And today, two of those are now leaders in the church. They have trusted in Jesus Christ and they're serving in the local church and following Jesus with them. The meal that we're about to share in, the Lord's Supper, we commonly call it communion, is a meal of forgiveness. 
It's a time when we get to reflect on Jesus' forgiveness of us and even ask for it again because chances are we've had a really lousy week, haven't we? Can I get an amen on that? Sometimes we've dealt with some challenges or maybe we've walked through some things or maybe we've made some decisions just recently that we would regret. And eating the bread and drinking the cup remind us that Jesus readily forgives. He readily cleanses and he readily removes all of our indebtedness. But I ask you, who do you need to forgive today? Who do you need to choose to say what you did is not something I'm going to hold against you again? Because through the sacrifice of his son, God has released you from his anger and you need to release people from yours. Folks, God's forgiveness is an amazing thing. But being forgiven carries with it the responsibility of forgiving others. As a matter of fact, Jesus goes on to say after this prayer that we, that we uh, memorize and that we share in, if you're not willing to forgive others, God won't forgive you. And sometimes we say, well, how, how often should I, should I forgive? You know, I mean, is three the cutoff point? Okay, Will, you messed up, and so your third time charm, you're, you're out of here. Or five times? Or seven times? Jesus says, I tell you, not seven times, but 77 times in some translations, or 70 times seven, which is 490 times. And the whole idea is forgive and forgive and forgive and forgive and forgive just as you are forgiven and forgiven and forgiven and forgiven. You don't deserve it. And chances are they don't either. But you reflect Jesus. So today... Let's rejoice in the forgiveness that God grants us through the sacrifice of Jesus. Let's go to him and ask him to forgive us. But let's also make the choice that when we leave this place, we will go and we will forgive that person that did us wrong. Ephesians chapter 4, verses 31 and 32 say, Get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. Father, we come to you right now in this moment, in this hour, thanking you, thanking you for the cross. Jesus, we thank you for your sacrifice. We thank you for your love, which was poured out to us. Unworthy though we are, and I pray, God, that we may rejoice in your forgiveness, 
but I pray also that we will model your forgiveness. And may we be reminded what price that forgiveness was and what price you paid so that we could be free. So that others can be free as well through us. Thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. And so we come to a time of offering right now. I just want to share with you some pictures of what's uh, taken place because a few weeks back, back in September, you all gave very generously to help victims of Hurricane Harvey. Over $14,000 was raised, and we were able to buy appliances for, uh, to outfit uh, 11 homes. And uh, I got a text along with these pictures from Tim Liston, who is the minister at New Hope uh, Christian Church down in Houston. And he said, distribution has begun. We have families with scheduled appointments showing up, um, see the line of trucks and appliances and furniture going out. You guys have blessed many families. And it's in the name of Jesus that we were able to do that. And that's one of the ways in which your funds, what you give here, um, help in terms of ministering to the needs of people. And we're grateful that we have an opportunity every Sunday to bring our gifts to God, a gift of worship that provides provide for the needs not only here, but also throughout the entire world, as well as Texas. Thank you. Father, we come to you thanking you for this opportunity. We thank you that because of you, we want for nothing. We thank you for blessing us abundantly. And right now, as an act of worship, as ones who have been forgiven and have tasted your goodness and your grace, we give. We say thank you. And we pray that you will use all of what is given to your glory, to your honor, and for the sake of your name. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. As we continue through this model prayer that Jesus gives us in Matthew chapter 6, we come to the section, And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Pretty self-explanatory, right? As I thought about this a little more, though, I thought, does God really lead us into temptation? The best way of understanding Scripture is looking at other Scriptures. God's Word does not contradict itself. So to understand Scripture, we look to Scripture. And I come to James chapter 1. James, being the half-brother of Jesus, says, Let no one say when he is tempted, I am being tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted with evil, and he himself tempts no one. So if, if God doesn't tempt us, if he's not tempted with evil, and he is not leading us to temptation, why do we pray that he leads us not to temptation? That's not within his nature. It's not within who God is to do that. When I think of temptation and try to look at what is, is Jesus really telling us to pray for here, another word similar to temptation, especially in the Greek, and is kind of synonymous with it, is trials or tests. But earlier in James, he addresses that as well. He says, count it all joy, my brothers, when you face trials of various kinds. And he goes on to explain that these trials, these tests, lead to perseverance and to wisdom. There, there's a spiritual growth and, and, and 
growing that happens when we face trials. So if they're a good thing because of what they produce in us, why do we ask not to be led to them? What Jesus is telling us to pray for here is that we do not sin in our temptation. We're all tempted, and there's no sin in being tempted, but it's when we fall, when we succumb to that temptation. I might be tempted to hit people at times, but it's when I actually do it that's wrong. And I think if we're honest with ourselves, we know God doesn't tempt us. And half the time, our temptations don't even come from Satan, but it's, it's our own self. It's our desires, it's our wants, it's our own selfishness that tempts us. A couple weeks ago on Facebook, I saw one of those pictures where someone was having a conversation with themselves, if, you, if you've seen those. It said, me, WWJD, what would Jesus do? Me, J-W-N-H-G-H-I-T-S, Jesus would not have gotten himself into this situation. <laughs> we get ourselves into some terrible situations. But we pray, God, do not allow me to sin in this temptation. Do not allow me to fall to this sin in this situation. God, protect me. Deliver me from evil. Help me to flee and run toward you instead of toward Satan, toward sin. God, be with us in our temptation and help us to pursue you, to pursue holiness and not to sin. Father God, we just thank you so much for your son and the sacrifice that he made on the cross for us. God, we are, we are tempted every day with different things from Satan, from ourselves, just in the world as we go throughout life. As we go throughout each, each day, God, we're tempted by various things, and I pray that you just strengthen us, you empower us, you give us boldness to stand up to temptation and say, no, not this time, Satan. That we flee from temptation, we flee from that sin, and we run to you, we run into your arms for comfort, for protection, for safety that we can pursue being more and more like you. We can pursue holiness each and every day. God, we love you. And we thank you so much. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen.